You got a problem, you don't know what to do. Your dreams are strange, and you're seeing things too. The world is full of mystery. Life's more than you can see. You can ask pomegranate. You can ask pomegranate. She's a priestess. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. This is Pomegranate, and we're going to talk about magic and mystery and witchcraft and all kinds of things today. I've got questions for you. I had a whole bunch of questions come in, but they went into a weird little bank of the file, and so it looked like no questions were coming in. And then suddenly uh, we realized, oh, my God, there's so many questions in here that are hidden. So, yay, that inspired me to make a new podcast. And here it comes with lots of good questions. And I have another treat for you, which is I was talking to my friend, the mystic and priestess Sage Good. For years, I've been trying to get Sage Good to do an interview with me because she's fascinating. Sage is a teacher of magic and um, you can find her at sage good good with an e g-o-o-d-e dot com where you can access her classes that she's now starting to do on zoom i think is what where she's doing it so you can go take it take them from anywhere and uh, i thought oh my god we gotta let people know about you getting out there and doing this because she's one of the most brilliant speakers teachers, mystics, I know. Um, And what she's done for me is open magical doors for me that allowed me to go places and understand mystery in a way that I never could have without her. Uh, I so I was on the phone with her and I was like, having yet another brilliant conversation where my mind was getting blown. And I just thought, just turn the recording device on. <laughs> so I did. I just hit record. And after it was all over, I said, Sage, I just interviewed you and I recorded it. So I'm going to send it to you. And if you're okay with it, we're going to use it for the podcast. And she said, yes, that's okay. So uh, luckily I have a small interview with her. And what she's also agreed to is to do a full length interview with me. Because she's so interesting the way she thinks about mystery and the world of um, different realms and how to access them. And uh, when you listen to it, you might want to go visit her website at sagegood.com and go check out her classes that she's now offering. She's sort of come out of the deep place where she was a little hidden and is allowing um, more people access to her. And I really love it if y'all had access to her because she's helpful and fun. And when you engage with Sage, you can be transformed. So without further ado, here's my interview with the priestess, mystic, writer, Sage Good. Who we are is much more than our physical bodies. We are complex beings of spirit, and one part of us is manifest in our physical bodies. And that's great. It's wonderful. It's an amazing adventure. 
and it's not all of who we are. In order to kind of be awake to the miracle and magic and mystery of what it is to be in a body, we also need to know and understand and be in touch with all of the other parts of who we are. And all of the other parts of who we are are what we would call spirit or your soul or your energy field. There's a lot of language around this. A lot of people talk about it in different ways. And this spirit, I'm going to mainly use the word spirit. This spirit is integrated with your physical body. It's not separate. It's part of your physical body and it is extending beyond your physical body and your spirit is also in touch with a lot of is also part of and connecting connected to and therefore connecting you to a lot of other ways of being so there's a lot of other realities and dimensions and ways of being an individual that your spirit understands and knows about and is to bring that awareness to the part of you that is in the physical body is a very exciting and healing experience. It brings a greater understanding of why on earth you're here. It uh, uh, brings you powers and tools and abilities that are um, beyond the limits that you think you have. Because being in a body is all consuming. And we can wind up thinking that what we know to be reality is all that there is. And so there's nothing more that can be done or there's not, there is no solution to this problem or there is no way out of this current situation because of the limits that physical reality tells you are your limits, but those aren't your limits. You are in fact limitless. You are a spirit that connects to multiple realities and ways of being. And that is you as well as the physical body. The work that I do is help people gradually wake up to that in a way that is healthy and allows them to function really well in their physical body. They don't have to, you don't have to stop being able to be functioning well in your physical body to also be in your spirit. I'm really very interested in sanity and good manners and functioning well as a human in the physical body. And at the same time, knowing that this is just part of reality. This is one version of reality. Should I keep going? Um, how do you know this? How do you have this? Why do you, how did you find out about this? That's a really good question. Um, I guess there's a way in which I maybe always knew it for some reason. I just, I just arrived with little tendrils of that spirit knowing still present in my physical body. And even though the life that we live as humans tends to ignore that stuff, somehow I kept it alive in me. And there were times in my life where I felt panicked or fearful or overwhelmed and those little tendrils kind of nudged at me or called to me or moved or lit up in a way that I went, oh, maybe there's something there. 
So I think that probably I found out about it by remembering a little, I, I, I knew a little fragment and I remembered it and brought it back into my everyday life. And so I've practiced it. I've worked 30 more, more than 30 years actively integrating those aspects of who I am. So I have journeyed to other realities and discovered that there was a part of me that was living quite happily in that other reality. And rather than yanking myself from that reality and calling myself to actually, you can only be here in this physical reality, I said, okay, let's open a communication channel to that other reality. I don't have to stop being a multiple being that is in the multiple realities in order to be a highly functioning sane human being in this physical body. I can actually open those lines of communication and connection. When you say other realities, what do you mean? That's yeah. Okay. Other realities, other realities include things that we might be familiar with like, um, ancestors. So the realities in which I can visit people I have known who are now dead. Uh, Other realities include the realities where in this physical world, there are other beings who are also spirits and also communicate. So the reality where I can understand a tree in a way that science doesn't really talk about, I can communicate with a tree. And other realities also means other times and places that aren't on this planet and aren't in physical bodies and never were and aren't intended to be. So the other realities are also, um, uh, maybe I can use the word realms of beings and colors and uh, ways of manifesting that are profoundly different than the way we do it here. Did that answer that? Yeah. Um, how, what do you, what's the benefit of that or the purpose of having a relationship with other realities or like most people don't really have that relationship. Um, and then some people do and are quite bothered by it and Mm -hmm. might feel insane Mm -hmm. or might feel crazy or might be told they're crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. What are the what are the dangers or uh, and I guess what are the benefits? Right. Yeah, that's what I was trying to actually address when I was talking about how I actually came to it is that for me reconnecting with those other realities and that I have an existence and a relationship with other realities has actually been healing, empowering. It's allowed me to function more effectively here and that's my my um my perspective my orientation toward this work because absolutely i could lose myself and lose my and i could lose no i could lose my capacity to be physically effective and sane and deal with this reality of human to human and banking machines and filing tax returns. I want to keep that yeah. and I want to enhance that capacity. So yeah, absolutely. It is dangerous. I could go wandering off. And if my life here in the physical world 
is unpleasant for temporarily or permanently, I might just decide to leave and stay there. And then that would look like I was crazy or checked out or um, deficient in some way when it's not about letting myself, my physical self become deficient or uh, unable to cope. It's about making myself enhanced and more dynamic and vital and alive because there's a part of me that I actually need that doesn't operate particularly well in this physical body world. Um, what kind of realities do you go in or do you have a relationship to? And what do you do? Like, what's the exchange? Like, what's that about? Like, are you, are you taking off there and going there sort of in a translate state and then just staying there and then coming back here and being in this more mundane reality or like, what's the, what's the process by which you live this way? Well, in terms of daily life, you know, I get up and I make my breakfast and I wake up and that kind of stuff. In terms of daily regular life, I have an awareness that there's more than just my bowl of cereal and my cup of coffee. There is more there that is available as information or guidance or um, opportunity. But it's not overwhelming. It's not allowed. It's a soft awareness. Mm -hmm. When I choose to, I can lean into that. I can turn toward that and focus on it. And as you said, journey into those other realities, spend some time there, perhaps gain insights or wisdom or healing that then I bring back to the world of form. So I sometimes talk about being finding that way to bring spirit wisdom through into the world of form. So there is purpose to that. Um, hmm. And other times I don't need to go there. I just open the channels because I have visited there before. I have, it's kind of like, um, I've read that book before, so I don't have to read it from cover to cover. Again, I can just flip to the page that I want. So I have been to that reality. I understand it. I understand how it is different and how it is exciting or dangerous or um, healing or soothing, whatever it is. I understand it. And so I have a conduit to that. So I can stand right here in, in this moment aware and awake and open that channel and receive from that reality without necessarily going there. But all of what I'm talking about is me having done this for more than 30 years. So it doesn't happen in an instant. It's a process. It's a journey. And I don't presume to think that I know everything there is to know about this either. I'm on the journey still. Um, I've been around you a lot when you've done this and what it does is imbue the world, the, the human world with, um, a sense of mystery and magic. Um, and I think that we all long for that. I mean, there's so much media about that. There's so much, um, creative art about that. We're, I think we're all longing for that magic. You're a teacher and you teach this. So, um, when you're teaching it, like, how do you teach this? Like. How do you, how do you, 
what, what do you do for people when you're teaching? Because <laughs> how do you, you know, like if I was kind of going to come to one of your classes, what would, what would it be like? And how would I experience it? How, what do you do to convey that or to teach people? I talk like I'm talking right now. I talk about what I understand and what I know and what I believe. And hearing me talk about those ideas opens that possibility for people. I actually give them specific techniques and strategies for how to be more fully present in the physical world so that what's gained by dipping into magic or opening the gates of magic or mystery, other realities, has a good solid place to land. So I start with how to be more and more vibrant and alive and physically present here. And then, the, and those are like techniques and very specific things, right? The, here's a thing, you can do this. This might work for you, give it a try. Here's another thing, this might also work, might work in a different way. So there are things, first of all, about getting really grounded, deeply and present and centered. And uh, layers and layers of protection so that when gates are opened, uh, other realms are visited, it's all done within a container that is very safe. Mm -hmm. And that container mm -hmm. is made by physical choices, mm -hmm. Physical, I choose to do this when I am not overtired. I choose to do this when I am fed. I choose to do this with a particular attention. Those are physical world choices. And it's also done with spirit assistance. So I introduce and help people to meet specific guardians that are always present, guarding the edges of their circle, their sphere, and protecting them so that they can be both physically present and spiritually present in a safe container mm. so that just generally energetic whatever's wandering by are deflected because it's not about tripping out on uh, other worlds it's not about losing myself and getting high on magic and other energies and other realities yeah, that's spiritual it's material, about, materialism. It's not about losing myself there. Mm -hmm. So I really don't want to get distracted mm -hmm. by any old energy that's flying by. So that's what those guardians are about. So grounding, centering, actual concrete track practices and spiritual practices that are about feeling a, a real relationship with specific guardians. And that real relationship with specific beings in the spirit world is the beginning of opening to other realities and having real relationships that feed and support this adventure, this adventure of being in a body. Yeah, it seems like um, what you're describing previously was just tripping out as a form of spiritual materialism, which I, I like to avoid. Um, okay, great. And what's your, what are some of your favorite, like, are there specific other, other realities that you are engaged with? Or is it sort of an amorphous, um, undescribable sort of thing? Well, I think mentioning undescribable is important because 
the language that we have that works eh, relatively well for the humans, I mean, let's face facts, language is problematic even for us, it is arises from a physical form. So we have language to describe table, chair. We're not so great with language to describe emotions because they're not physically manifest. And we're really not great at language to describe things in the spirit. So whatever label, whatever language I use is both informative and is also not quite right. So bearing that in mind that we use language because that's what we got, that when I say I have a very strong and powerful relationship with the realms of fairy, that immediately sets up a set of images in your head that may or may not be what I'm trying to talk about. Mm-hmm. But there's an example of it. Yeah. The, so for me, my understanding, my experience is that there are beings in other realms that our ancestors knew and our ancestors' ancestors knew. And one of the words that we've come to describe those beings is fairies. And are, they are real. They don't require us to be real. They um, live full and complete and happy lives with or without us. And there are as many realms in fairy as there are countries on earth. So not, it's not like there's one thing that is fairy and that's it. There are some similarities amongst the humans on earth. There are some similarities and vast differences. So when we go journeying into fairy, we need to know where we're going and why. And we need to go with a guide. I think it's really helpful to um, find find non-English words. For me, that's really helpful. So the non-English word that I use to describe them is my Irish language, uh, which is she, which makes more sense to me, resonates in a different way and brings up different images. And fair, you know, English is a hard language, right? And it's very colonialist. So it's hard to understand things through that language. Um, so it's good to learn a different language about things. Um, all right, so, um, uh, yeah, so fairy is one. Is there any other ones that are places or the she? You visit the she. Any other other realms that you um, access? Yeah, there's lots, but there's the, it, those ones are, are a little more ineffable, a little harder to nail down. Right. They're, they're don't, they don't feel um, less real. But the the language is even less accurate. Um, so there are realms that I might describe as being uh, arising from a particular color. So I might say the indigo realm. Well, you know, yeah, sort of, yeah, but that's only a shorthand, a label on a file. Right. It doesn't really describe what's in the file. There are realms that arise from particular uh, uh, vibrations. Uh, one might call them numbers. There are realms that arise from different qualities or elements. So it might be a water realm. Right. Um, you you do also um, work with the magical realms of the earth and the cycles of the earth. Uh, the cycle of the wheel of the year and the moon, the yes. cycles of the moon, which are also magical realms really yes. close to here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I always feel like that's the this place to start. 
is the magic that's right there, right here. If I understand myself to be a spirit being and I happen to be in a human body, that tree outside my window is also a spirit being that happens to be in a tree body. And that's a fantastic place to start because I have a lot more in common. Yeah. With beings that I can see with my physical eyes as well. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you, Sage. You can ask pomegranate. You can ask pomegranate. She's a priestess. Hello, my name is Sarah. Um, I'm calling because I recently had a reading where I was told that a coven had put black magic on you as a preteen. So by me for my powers because I'm some kind of extreme witch. Um, and I was really um, cynical about this when I first heard it because I'm always cynical when somebody tells me you're special. Um, but uh, the reader um, sort of said you are a witch and you could kick this coven's ass and all the hair on my arms and neck stood up and it just felt real. Uh, but I didn't really hesitant to identify as a witch historically, even though I've had pretty witchly experiences for a lot of my life. Um, I've had strong relationships with a few different land spirits and mountains since I was a kid and real conversations with one particular mountain in Oregon, as I consider to be my mother. I even buried my dead horse's spirit on her and keep a photo of her with me. But after the reading, I felt this deep pull to formalize my practice, and I literally Googled what to do if you find out you're a witch and ended up in an internet K-hole on TikTok with some teenager dancing around talking about wearing goggles and spells to become a millionaire. Um, That's obviously not the path. But uh, I am very cautious about entering into a formal practice without acknowledging the genocide of the indigenous people who had tens of thousands of years of deep caretaking relationships with these land spirits before any new witches or white people arrived. Um, and I guess it got me thinking, can we be witches in good conscience without actively fighting to return native land? Or how do we honor the deep old spirits in a meaningful way without exploiting their people's traditions? And what is the relationship between North American witches and the indigenous communities our ancestors may have murdered? Um, that is my question. How do I formalize a practice both out and being up on TikTok or exploiting indigenous traditions and land spirits? Thank you so much for your work and knowledge. Hi, Sarah. Uh, thank you for that excellent question. It's very multifaceted and rich. And can I get to all of those topics? I don't know, but I can certainly make a stab at it because what you're dealing with is important when you're called by mystery to have a relationship. The question becomes, okay, I'm a human being on the planet. Mystery moves through me. How do I engage with that mystery? How do I understand it. Um, And I'm a person who believes that every living being has a right to mystery and to have a relationship with mystery. And I think that there is a lot of aggression against that idea uh, for 
you know, partly because of colonization, actually. But I think that we all have a right to it. So then how do we do it without like, you know, like unconsciously stealing it from another person's culture or being disrespectful of the land spirits or being disrespectful of that mystery and how do we avoid spiritual materialism and all of these things like it's complex right and when we start to ask those questions then the next thing that happens is uh we will immediately because you're asking good questions and one of the first things that you might then do um, as a non-Indigenous person or as a person who doesn't remember their Indigenous nature. Because we're all Indigenous somewhere. Uh, even if you're Indigenous to the tribes that roam, because immigration uh, or roaming the earth as an animal, as a human animal, is a natural, inherent part of being a human animal. And there are tribes that roam more than others. I mean, my tribe roamed up till they got to Ireland and then they stayed there for 13,000 years, which makes me indigenous to Ireland. I'm an indigenous to Ireland person. Um, and then my dad went, 1953 came along and my dad went, let's move to Canada. So <laughs> my dad broke that spell. And then I said, I think I'll move to the United States. So you might be of the that tribe, the roaming tribes, or you might be indigenous to somewhere, or you might be multiple, so indigenous to so many places that you don't remember anymore. Uh, but those, those ways are in you. And it's important to remember that the, where you're, where you come from on the planet is, it's going to be in you. The land spirit from which your people lived for seven generations is going to be in your body. So here's what I want to get more back to all the points of what you're asking about, because you're asking a lot. First of all, I was interested in the fact that you got a reading and the reader told you were cursed uh, with black magic. Of course, you know, we know, like we know uh, that when we say the word black magic, we're being racist, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that person, first of all, was like being racist. So I don't think there's white magic and black magic. Don't believe in it. No, I know. I do think that there's dumb magic in which you call upon, you curse and then you call upon curses on you. If you don't know how to curse, I mean, I'd curse if I had to. I haven't ever had to, but you got to know what you're doing. Okay. With that one. And, um, you can do dumb magic where you try to hurt and control and dominate through magic someone else, stupid magic, or you can do wise magic in which you are benefiting yourself and those around you and the land itself um, with the blessings. So let's just differentiate that first of all. So second of all, anytime, because I'm a reader and I've had people say to me, I'm cursed and I'm gone. Yeah, you are cursed. Who isn't? Who isn't cursed? I think everybody is cursed. I think we're always cursing at each other and uh, we get cursed by that, right? You are cursed. You might be cursed and um, that's fine. We can deal with that. But anytime you go to a reader and they tell you you're cursed, watch out now for the second part of that, which is, and I can remove the curse for you for a price. <laughs> that is like, 
alarm bells, big, I've gone to a reading and now big alarm bells are going off. That's when you say, well, thank you very much. I'll get back to you. And you slip out the side door. You get out of there, get out of there as fast as you can because you're being scammed and conned. Um, no professional, um, reader worth their salt is also removing curses. Uh, if I give you a reading as a professional tarot reader, which I'm not doing anymore, but if I was, I would, uh, then tell you how to remove the curse. I would say, okay, within that same reading and for that same price of that reading, I would say, here's how you remove the curse because you can get most things that people have splatted at you off of yourself. You can also get most things, um, most things that people have splatted at you. Um, you can also protect yourself from getting any more splatter. By the way, y'all, my website's a little wonky because I want you to know there's lots of little mini free classes on my website. If you go to the spot on my website that says home, it'll bring you to free classes and you click on the picture of the thing and it'll start playing. They're cute little videos that I made because it's fun. And there are things like how to do a clearing, which is essentially how to undo a curse, how to cast a circle, which is how not to get any more curses on you. People, people are throwing their energy around all the time and they're throwing it around with intention and without intention. And uh, you just want to be able to clear yourself of that stuff. You know, you, you have the right to clear yourself of energy. Also, it's really good to be mindful of the energy you're throwing around. So if you think you're sitting alone in your car and you're cursing the person who just cut you off and that that's not doing any harm to that person, you'd be wrong. You curse them. You put a curse on them. And if they're not protected, there could be a little tiny, you know, paper cut injury from that or depending how much intention you put into it. Okay. So be responsible both ways. Responsible for keeping your energy clear of others mindful or mindless cursing and also be aware of your own mindless or mindful cursing and if you're going to curse you better know what you're doing like i say i'm a very powerful professional and i have never cursed uh mindfully i've done you know dumb stuff where i've said you jerk you know like that and then but then i take it back (laughs) because i don't want to do that to people because whether you believe it or not things will everything goes around. Whether if you're a person who's in magic and don't believe that everything goes around, then you don't understand the physics of nature because every breath I take in is a breath that I take out. And eventually that breath comes back into me in some other form. Everything goes around. Okay. Sarah, back to you, back to you. Oh, I haven't done a podcast in a while. I need to do them more often guys, because I'm talking and talking. Um, however, I would say to you, So I would be concerned about this reader who told you you're cursed if they also then ask for money. And also it's really wise to go when someone tells you you're special to worry about that because I think as Margaret Mead said, yeah, you're you're very special, just like everyone else. Um, We don't need to be special in order to function in the world. We're, We're special because we're just alive. Our specialness comes in our in our aliveness. Um, but you had feelings and during that reading where you've got a feeling up your back that was the hair standing on. And, and I do feel like when that happens, there's something communicating with you that goes, there's something to this. So whether that person was legit or not, 
They might have been telling you something. You need to get that clearing done. You need to clear that energy off of you. So that leads us to the problem that you have, which is, okay, so you would like, you're interested in experiencing mystery directly and having a relationship with it. You would like to do that through, you're going to experiment with doing that through magic, which is level, you know, one level of doing it. Another way, the deeper way and a more specific way of engaging with mystery is then to do witchcraft. Okay. That's what I did. That's my choice. I also, I also do, you know, Catholicism. I also do um, meditative practices that come from other cultures. Um, I have a lot of ways engaging with mystery. I like science as a way to engage with mystery. I think that's a very interesting studying science and studying people who are scientists and have got statistics and all of that wonderful way to unfold mystery. Um, bad ways to in, engage in mysteries, emotional speculation, superstition, uh, paranoia, perfectionism. That's, those are not great ways to engage with mystery. And I think that as soon as you come up against, well, what do I do about the indigenous people? Um, you have, will immediately have a response. You may have a response of perfectionism. So how do we get around that? How do we how do we like, I want to be perfect and I don't want to hurt any more indigenous people and I don't want them to be hurt. And what do I do? And it's like, yeah, what do you do? Good question. Ask yourself that question. We have to ask ourselves questions that open us to mystery and not shut us down and make us go away from mystery. Because I think I like to quote Alice Walker when she says um, to try and navigate life without a direct relationship with your ancestors is like steering a ship without a rudder. And so that relationship to your ancestors is one of the, one of the um, answers to your question is how do I engage legitimately with my own, my own relationship to mystery? So um, one of the things, let me, let me define for you the way that I, experience magic or how I, what I think magic is and what I think witchcraft is. There's a famous quote. Um, and it's, I want to say Celine Dion. This is not, this is not right. <laughs> uh, I'll look it up. It, anyways, uh, it's a famous witch. And she said, um, magic is the art of turning, changing consciousness at will. Did you say magic or did she say witchcraft? I can't remember. I'm like, yeah, Sure. That's one thing <laughs> you can do with it. You can change your consciousness. It's very powerful and it's really important to be able to do that. And it's a skill, but I don't think that is the breath in it. For me, that's not the breath of it. So let me define for you. Uh, I talked earlier in the podcast about my friend Sage Good. One of the things we did was through our magical work with the goddess Circe, we really got to know what we defined for ourselves, what we thought magic might be best described as. And uh, the way that we do that is we say magic is the exuberant nature of mystery running through the expanding rivers of existence. Magic is the exuberant nature of mystery. Like, in other words, mystery is exuberant. It's everywhere and it permeates everything. Everything 
open every every time you identify one thing it opens and permeates the world with more questions that's mystery mystery is that which we cannot we don't know or cannot know magic is the exuberant nature of mystery so it's exuberant it's it's ever flowing it's bubbling it's <laughs> it's endless it's it's exuberant magic is the exuberant nature of mystery running through the expanding rivers of existence. So magic is that which is unknown or unknowable, which is running through you right now. You're, you are an example of the, of the expanding river of existence and existence is multifaceted. So that's how we define magic. And I'll say it one more time. Magic is the exuberant, exuberant nature of mystery running through the expanding rivers of existence. Because we got to know what magic is before we get engaged with witchcraft. Because once you get, once you got magic, you're like, okay, that's magic. And everybody knows that. Everybody knows magic. Dis Disney knows magic. You know, people in, people who are alone in their bedroom at night know magic because magic comes through your, in your dreams. Magic is uh, something beautiful and intriguing and interesting and uplifting and transformative and it's a river <laughs> you know so if you're going to take magic and engage with magic now so magic is the way to engage with mystery but if you want to engage with magic which is the exuberant nature okay one way to do it in the way i like one of my primary ways of doing it is through witchcraft and witchcraft is being a human being in a body. I'm a human being in a body and I have a relationship to the mystery of nature, right? I'm like, here it is. I'm in my body and I got a relationship to this world I'm living in. Okay. That's like, whoa, what's happening here? I'm in a body and I've got to engage with this world. Okay. So how I define witchcraft is witchcraft. And this is again with Sage Good and I both, this quote belongs to both of us. Uh, witchcraft is the act of shaping and using magic with intention. Witchcraft is the act of shaping and using magic with intention. So we understand magic is the exuberant nature of mystery running through the expanding rivers of existence. And witchcraft is the act of shaping and using that magic with intention. So it's accessing that exuberant nature of mystery and then setting it an intention with it and then taking action. So that's, this is, I, I'm literally going to write a book on this. This is, um, this is, so what is it? How do we get back to you, Sarah? Let's get back to you. So what does that mean for you? Okay. Well, what that means for you is that you have a right to it. Um, yes, you might be carrying white guilt. You might, um, you might have confusion about what land spirits you get to have a relationship to. And, um, I'll just, I'll tell you, I can't speak for all indigenous people. I can't, but I can say for me as a person who has wandered away from the indigenous, indigenous homeland, um, that my people belong to that had all of the things happen, because my people had all of the things happen to it um, that happened to all of the First Nations people on North America. They had all of those things happen. So I'm talking from that same place. Um, 
but then I come here and I have white privilege. It's very strange. <laughs> it's very strange to have all of the injuries of having had your your language removed and your land removed and your land destroyed and um, your culture destroyed and your laws destroyed and all those things and then have white privilege at the same time and see this happening to people of this land. But what I will tell you from that standpoint is that the earth is the earth and humans wander around the earth just like everybody else. And as long as you are holding the sacredness of the land and not like you say, doing it for your ego or doing it so that you feel special, then that, that relationship to the land is sacred wherever you are, or wherever you're from. So if you went to um, Ireland right now and you had a conversation with the mound and you at that conversation, you made offerings and you honored that land and you were blessed by it and blessed it back. I would be fine with that. It wouldn't bother me. You're not the one who did that to me, to my people. And I'm even forgiving of the, the ones who did it to my people. But um, your authority comes from knowing you exist. So your authority on the planet Earth comes from the fact that you exist. And in order to do witchcraft, we have to be in our authority. And you have authority by, ver by the very nature that you have lungs that take in breath, that is air, that you have blood, that it's the salt of the ocean, that you have the drumbeat of the electrical current of your heart, that is fire, that you have the bones that are made. And I don't know how long you've been here, but uh, you got bones that are made out of something and it's probably this land. And this, this authority brings you back to your center and to your edges. And that authority is the first step in any kind of magical action. You're alive, you have life. And this life has inspiration and that inspiration, not ideas, not in, I'm not talking about ideas. I'm talking about that inspiration, that thing that calls you to magic and mystery. That thing lets you know who you are, what, how you're inspired, that calling, that's information about who you are. That's how the energies come into your body and align in you and empower you. You're born empowered. This is how indigenous people, I think, think. I mean, maybe not, not everyone, but my people do. You're born empowered. The energies that are aligning in you empower you. And that empowerment gives you the right to take action and know that you're acting upon your ancestors, good, bad, or ugly, that your ancestors are now on the other side. They've become ancestors and they're moving through you too. 
So I would say the first step for you is to develop a relationship with your ancestors. Through meditation, through prayer, you can get to know who they are through through um, DNA searches if you want. That's not as important as just sitting quietly and letting, listening to them talk to you because they're sitting right beside you right now. And they they will talk to you. And they and their their beauty is inside of you. And if you can make a connection with those relationships with your ancestors, then you also get to the earth is the earth. You get to have a relationship with the earth that you're on right now. Wherever you are right now, those land spirits are talking to you. They're talking through you. It's nature is generous and exuberant. It's always talking through you. It's always feeding you. It's always giving you that breath. You know, the trees are breathing into you right now and you're breathing into them. That's an exchange. And that the tree, you know, the trees are everything. And they're feeding you air and they're feeding you water and they're feeding you food and they're feeding you life and inspiration and joy and all your emotions. And so you get to have a relationship with that wherever you are right now. There isn't a, uh, it's a very modern colonialist idea that there's a, there's a boundary, there's a border and that you can't have, you're not allowed to have that because it belongs to someone else. The earth is the earth and it belongs to all of us. And it's, and the earth that's talking to you right now is the earth that is aligning inside of you and aligning in that power. So it's really good to notice that and develop those relationships. Also, now what you're asking about is what are my obligations? And your obligations are a part of that inspiration. So yeah, if it's your, if you're inspired, if you understand, um, you know, what's gone on and you want to do something about it and you feel inspired and it's right action at right time and you're taking the minimum, minimum effective, effective action, you're taking the most effective action. That's also the memo, the smallest one you can take that's effective, then you're really in alignment now. <laughs> you're, those obligations, you know, because we are obliged, but you can't be obliged by your mind's idea or by guilt or by shame. That's not, that ain't, that ain't right. You got to be obliged by what you're inspired to bring your heart to. Okay. Once you do all that, you can, you can um, set your intention. And now once you've set your intention, it's gone from magic into witchcraft. And setting your attention is just knowing what do you want? Why do you want it? What is the outcome you desire? We want to stop here and then ask what authority do I have to take this action? Sometimes the authority is just I'm alive, my heart's beating. And uh, am I aligned with my inspiration? And where am I getting my support from? So the land, the mountain that is your mother, that's support. For me, I live in the Pacific Northwest in Oregon. I don't know from this land. I've never been here before. I got, it called me, it called, it called my butt here. And I, I got here and I went, you're living here now. And I get the support from the rivers here and from the land, but mostly the rivers. 
So once you've done it, I know this is a lot, but if once you've done that, you can then take your magical action. Uh, traditionally, you can, there's lots of ways to become a witch or study witchcraft, find a teacher. I recommend Sage Good at sagegood.com. She's teaching right now. Um, uh, but one of the ways to do it is just say it three times out loud and then you are one. You don't have to go through a big work moral. You can get, find someone to initiate you, which is cool and hard. Um, you might want to try that. I don't know. Uh, but really it's not that hard. You're, you, you have your own authority when it comes to magic and witchcraft. Okay. So I think you've got good instincts. I, I want you to trust yourself. It is good to study and, um, read books on it. I mean, Star, Starhawk's the first books I read were by Starhawk and I really recommend her books. I think she's wise and smart about the way she talks about it. And trust that, trust your own body, trust yourself. You have an instinct. I can hear it in your phone call. Trust that both the fact that you question things, that's very good. That's critical thinking, essential but also that, wait a minute, there's something about this that's true and it's running through, my, the truth of it is running through my body. The combination of those two things is going to make it work for you. And go to, go to my webpage and hit home and then you'll, you can take the little classes for free that are fun to teach you how to do the basic stuff like clear and ground and take the cleansing, clearing breath and cast a circle. Okay, Sarah. Well, thanks for your question. I sure did have a lot to say about that. Five two zero two 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 ninety nine twenty two ninety nine twenty two. You can ask pomegranate. You can ask pomegranate. She's a priestess. Hi, Pom. This is Stevie. I'm calling because I have a question about psychic hygiene. I work a customer service job, and with everything that's going on in the world, I'm feeling more drained than usual interfacing with the public, and I would like advice on how to protect my energy field in any and always. And my second question, if you have time, is um, I would like tips on identifying and connecting with my higher power. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Everything that you record is really healing. Bye-bye. Thanks, Stevie. That's great news. I'm glad to hear that. You know, sometimes I uh, am sitting alone by myself doing these recordings in between all the rest of my life. And so I can lose focus. And so when I hear things like that, it's like, okay, yay. Cause I'm, you know, I don't know how, how it's going over <laughs> really. So it's great to know that. And, um, as long as that's true, I'm happy to be of service in that way. Um, I, yeah, you know, when I was, this is a tangent, but uh, what me tangent, what, um, when I was, I don't know how old I was, 20? I, I, 20, so it's like 1982. And I went to the Rainbow Gathering people in America. So I had to cross a border and I went to America for the first time. That was strange. 
And I went to the rainbow gathering and it had all kinds of rainbow gathering kinds of things that happened. If you don't know what the rainbow gathering is, it happens every year. I haven't been back since, but um, it can be quite this strange and amazing and dangerous and wonderful place. It happens every year. Look it up. Rainbow gathering. And uh, I went there and um, I met a lot of magic, mystical people. And one woman said to me, you're you're a healer. And I didn't know. I was like, I didn't know what that meant or what she was talking about. And uh, I knew I was psychic, but I didn't know I was a healer. And I was like, whoa, wow. And I thought that makes me special. And I was like, yeah, it does. But also it's a lot of work, right? And, um, but I've discovered all the different ways that you can heal. And one of them is through talking. Another is through art. And another through is through listening. And another way is hands-on. So that leads me into your question which is you're absorbing people's energy. And it kind of refers back to Sarah's question too, which is what do you do if you feel like people are cursing you? Well, people are careless, you know, overwhelmed. And they're not mindful of their thoughts or what they even say. Because people are overwhelmed and overstimulated. One thing that, um, quote, COVID quarantine can teach us is when things calm down, how hectic our lives were. Um, you know, I mean, I used to go to bed, I stay up all night long just so I could get a hold of that quiet time. Um, so that I could be awake when mostly everybody else was asleep and away off in their worlds. And then I could experience that quietude, right? So, you're sensitive. That's what I'm trying to say, Stevie. You're sensitive. And sensitive is really hard and also really good. So if we can get a handle on those sensitivities and work with our psychic hygiene to get those sensitivities taken care of and get our boundaries up and do our clearings and engage with our our psychic bodies, like you talk about psychic hygiene in the way that we gauge with our physical bodies. Uh, sometimes I think we are hyper clean with our physical bodies, but it's problem partly, I think, because we're trying to clear our psychic bodies. I work with, uh, like, what do I work with? Five, six different bodies. So the air body, that's what you think. The emotional body and psychic body, that's the water body. That Then there is the earth body, which is your physical body, your bones, and your blood. Then there is your fire body. That's how you hold your energy. That's how energy moves through you. That's what you put out and also how you receive um, energy. Then there's your magic body. And that's how magic moves through you and the world. And I think that all of them can use the cleaning every once in a while. <laughs> You know, and so we do clean our physical bodies a lot. So if I'm if I'm a person who's going to be out with in a job with people and I'm a sensitive, I am going to make sure that I'm doing a clearing on myself every day after I get home. And you can just set that up as kind of an automatic thing. The other thing I would do, and I'll get into it, I'll tell you how to do it exactly in a minute. But the other thing I would do is I would put on a, um, I guess I'll just call it a shield. I would put on a shield before I left my house. 
my guess is you probably are an empath, a bit of an empath. So you're absorbing other people's feelings and physical ailments. You're probably feeling getting their water body stuff. So their feelings, but also their physical ailments into your body. Uh, you might even be picking up on the spirits that are around them. Like I do as an empath, I pick up on people's emotions. I pick on people's self-worth. I pick up on their physical ailments and I pick up on what crowd of spirit, spirit people are around them. <laughs> yeah. So I need a protection on me before I leave my house. My house is protected, but I need, I need a protection if I'm going to exit it. Um, and then I need a clearing I need to clear that all off when I return home. Even if I had a great day, if it was a great day and I met lots of lovely people, even lovely people are going to be projecting your expectations onto you. They're going to be projecting needs onto you. They're going to be telling their own stories and projecting those onto you. If they're admiring of you, that's, that's just as heavy a load as if they're mad and cursing you. Okay. So this is why famous people suffer. They suffer because you, they're doing either that they're either admiring or cursing and neither one is, neither, neither one of them is true about you, about who you are. I suppose I will just tell you exactly how to do it. So what you should do, what, what, no, what you should, what I do, let me put it to you that way. What I, what I would suggest is before you, and I'll just take you through it right now. I'll take you through it before you, um, leave your house, your home should have some place in it, or the whole place should feel like there is a sanctuary in it for you. And if your home is a troubled place, like I know someone listening will have a troubled home uh, don't panic about that because we can always find a little sanctuary and sovereignty in ourselves. Um, maybe you will not even be able to set up a physical space that holds that. If you can't, that's okay. But if you can, you know, you just have a little spot that holds serenity in it. And that can be as simple as a little dish, maybe of your jewelry or a little candle or a little something somewhere where you're just tending to it a little bit every day and just going, I have a right to serenity. I have a right to sanctuary. I have a right to sovereignty of myself. And if that's not outside yourself, that's all held within you. Serenity, sanctuary, these things, sovereignty of self, these things belong to me. They're my birthright. So we know that. So when you know that sovereignty of self, that means you rule your own world. Serenity, which means we come to calmness. Our natural state of emotions is a natural state of equanimity or calmness or emotional neutrality. That's where we should be spending most of our time. I have a right to that equanimity. I have a right to calmness. I have a right to serenity, all the same thing. And I have a right to to sanctuary. And if, even if it's just my own little bubble of my own little auric egg, this is my sanctuary. This is me and my relationship with me. Nobody can interfere with that. The only other being that's in here is my higher power. So I'll get you to that later. Okay. So we start with that and then, and then we go, we do a check-in. So in the morning when you wake up, maybe even before you wake up very much, you just notice how you're feeling. Just go through those bodies. Just notice 
what's my emotional state? Emotions are, if we can boil them down to the real basic ones, I have another podcast about that. Check that out. How do I emotionally feel? How's my physical body? We're doing a scan now for how my physical body is. Just getting to know yourself and where you're at today. Being present, calling ourselves present and back into the body. Keep breathing. I'm taking you through a trance now. Breathe. And how am I emotionally, physically? Am I picking anything up psychically? You might pick up psychic things through pop music that runs through your head when you wake up in the morning. The favorite thing for my spirit guides to do is to put a little song in my head that tells me about my day. Don't try to expand that. Just listen to what they're singing in your head. That's an easy way. Or is any pictures or images or sense. We use the senses to understand ourselves psychically. Is there any kind of like inspiration? And this is the magic body. Is there any kind of inspiration moving through me right now? What am I inspired? What inspires me in this moment? And it might be, oh, I'm inspired to be present in my body. Simple as that. Trying to think, which ones did I go through? How's my physical body? How's my emotional body? How's my energy? Is it soft or fast or hard? Is it big and blossoming? Or is it closing up bud for today? Are we going to have a quiet day? Just noticing. We don't change anything. We just notice those things, right? So I've gone through the water body, the earth body, the fire body, the magic body. Oh, what am I thinking? What are my thoughts that are coming up? Are those helpful? Do I need to continue thinking them? Are they tuned into my inspiration? Because we want to be tuned into our inspiration. We're just scanning and getting to know ourselves. And then just let it sit there. Don't make any changes unless you want to. And that's the first step. The first step is greet yourself, be present. We only have the present. You know, Eckhart Tolle, he tells us this all the time. We only have the present. And so we're just greeting ourselves in the present and knowing who we are. And once we know where we are today and where we're at, we can notice when an influence from outside of that comes in. Okay. And you can notice that it belongs to us or it doesn't. Right. If it's not one of these things that you're going through, it's not yours, right? Now, the next thing that you want to do is learn the shielding breath. Y'all, empaths, this is the shielding breath that I got, what I got one time because I was yelling at my spirit guides. I was crying and yelling and telling my friend, I'm so upset. I can't get other people's feelings out of my body. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then my spirit guides started talking to me. They're like, oh, we're glad you asked. And I'm like, oh, should have asked before. And this is what they told me to do. So I'll take you through this trance because this is what they told me to do. And I do it all the time. And it's really super helpful. So once I know myself and I'm present in myself, then I want to put up my emotional shields. And this this shield will shield every everybody, but it'll especially shield your water body, your heart chakra, your 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 empathic center oh by the way do you know that i just watched the first original star trek and they had an episode called the empath in 1967 or something and i'm like man is that where we got that word from (laughs) was it gene roddenberry was it way back in the 60s that we got that word i don't know but i was like whoa although the depiction of the empath wasn't very accurate 
but the word was right there. Okay, anyway, here we go. Ready? Everybody take a breath in. And as you take a breath in, understand that the teacher, Victor Anderson, and everybody else in, in the Hindu lands of Hindu, have told us about this light that's above our heads. It's the, the white chakra, the soul chakra, and as Victor calls it, the front porch light. So you might want to stick your hand up there. And it's a white light and it's it's up there and it belongs to you and it's your direct connection to the overworld, to the divine realms. And up there is that white light. And as you breathe, imagine, if you will, let's play for a moment, shall we? That you're breathing that white light right down into your heart. Take a breath in. And breathe it right down into your heart. And let it gather there. And just keep breathing. And as you breathe, you're calling that white light down into your heart. And let it build. And this is the wisdom of the ages. This is the soul's journey. This is what, this is the, the being that is you that knows all about you and has complete compassion for you. And that this is the part of you that remembers uh, what life is really like on the other side of the veil. So just breathe that into your heart and allow that white light to go into that beautiful green well that is the heart that beautiful green well and let it fill and mix together with that emerald color in there. Okay, there you go. We're filling that heart. And that, that in and of itself is protective. But before you leave your house, take that breath. And now that it's gathered in your heart, I want you to imagine that you're sending a beam out from your heart directly out in front of you. And so as you breathe out, you beam that color right out. You go right in front of you. And it's right as far as your hands can reach, maybe a little farther. And so put your hands out in front of you. And imagine with your playful nature, this is how we do it, we play. Imagine there's a shield forming in front of you that breath out reinforces. Breath in, breath out reinforces that shield and as you take your time now to smell or hear what does it sound like that shield what does it smell like what's it made from how does it feel if you were to touch it what's it feel like what do you see what do you see and use your senses to imagine what story will you tell what words sounds thoughts feelings what does it feel like in your body to have a shield there how big is it run your hands around the edges of it can you reach it is it bigger than that and just let your senses build the idea of that shield and then with your breath just reinforce it again and make that noise go ahead we, you know, children know how to do magic because they're willing to play. And that's your shield. So everything that comes at you will hit that shield instead of it going right into you. Except for one little thing, which is you need one at the back. Because <laughs> it's the sneaky bits that come in through the back. It's the stuff you know about that comes in through the front, but the stuff you're, the subconscious that comes in through the back. So let's do this again, breathing in and feeling that white energy in your green heart and breathing out, shoot it back at the back. 
feel it go back there. And again, imagine all the things you need to imagine. Is it different than the one in the front? Is it the same? Use those senses. Smell. What does it smell like? What does it feel like? What is the temperature? What is it? Is there a sound associated with it? Is it heavy? Is it light? It's got to be light because it's got to float right behind you. <laughs> so it might be heavy, but it's floating behind you, shielding you. And feel what it is to be between these two shields. Okay, now those shields are going to take everything. And what I like to do is I like to put on a piece of jewelry. It might be a belt or it might be a jewelry or an earring that holds that for me so that I know I'm putting my shields on. And that act reminds me that I've got my shields up. Now, don't worry. What you really need to know about will get through. You're just protecting yourself from unneeded information. And from getting stuff to go in, preventing things that don't need to be inside your sovereign self, leaving it on the outside. So breathing in, you'll still be connected. We're still all connected no matter what we do. That's the truth and nature of reality. So allow yourself to feel those shields and feel what it is once you put on that belt or those shoes or that hat or those earrings, whatever you put on for the day that will hold that. Think about throughout your day. You'll still receive information, but it won't be necessary for you to act on it. Um, because we're reactive when we're not shielded, right? We can respond instead of reacting. And as you go throughout your day, it'll gather. And then depending on the day you have and how much attention you're getting, it could be quite, quite full of stuff. So now when you come home, Take off the jewelry or the shoes or the hat or whatever it is that you had on all day. Take it off. And t with it, you're letting your shields go down. <sighs> you just let them compost. Just let them drop to the floor and compost into the floor. Drop to the floor and compost into the earth. Earth is big. She can take everything. And take off that piece of jewelry. And if you want to do an advanced thing now, you want to just clear that too. Like, you can blow some smoke at it. You can wave it in the air. You can run a fan on it. You can just shake it out, shake it off. You can do any number of things. Put it in salt. It depends on how bad a day you had, what how much work you have to do. You just, you know, take a little broom. I love little brooms and brush it off. And then it's ready to go for the next day. And you can do that every day. And um, that will keep you from being overstimulated psychically from the rest of the world. And then you're back in your sanctuary and you start the day again, becoming present and scanning for who you are. Okay. So that's that. Now you asked about your higher power. <sighs> okay. How do you connect with your higher power? Good question. CB, let's talk about it. <laughs> Your higher power is uh, anything that's bigger than you. So in, traditionally in the 12-step program, we came to believe that a power greater than ourself could restore us to sanity. I like to go back to the 12-step program. So all that means is recognizing that you, in the, your current state, are an amnesiac human who doesn't remember who they are on the other side, what the, how big their souls are and what the nature of the universe is about. We only have hints 
And we're doing this to ourselves on purpose because we want to have the challenge. Okay. So in this case, in this moment, as you sit as a human and let yourself be a human because you are one, that's the whole joy of the journey is you're a human and, and also the horror show of the journey, but it's the joy. Let's focus on the joy. You're a puny, puny little human, just like I am. And I have a puny little brain that is not good for much. It's good for some things, even though my brain is kind of smart. It's good for some things, but it's puny compared to the rest of me. I just want to be a little human in my little human body with my little human self. And look at yourself. You are little. You're littler than most things. You're littler than your house. You're littler than a phone box, smaller than your car, smaller than an elephant. I mean, there's so many things that are much bigger than you. So all you have to do now is let your inspiration tell you what's bigger than me and what inspires me. What do I love? What what do I really like? Like, don't pick a something bigger than yourself because it's all symbolic at this point, right? Don't pick something bigger than yourself they don't care for. Pick something bigger than yourself that invokes in you a feeling of being taken care of or being smaller and allowing that larger thing to receive your troubles and your dreams and your inspirations. Find something bigger than yourself that seems to operate in the magical beauty of the way the universe works. So it could be the universe itself. For me, I often pick the earth or the land spirit I'm on. So it might be the rivers. Often it's the Columbia and the Willamette River for me. Or sometimes it's Mount Hood. Or sometimes it's the tree in my backyard, who I call Doug. Um, But it's bigger than me. And sometimes it's the whole earth. And sometimes it's the universe. And sometimes it's the mystery of the universe and the goddess herself. Whatever is bigger than you that you need right now. But in the 12-step tradition, it's something you can turn your troubles over to. And something you can ask for help when you need help. You can ask for help because you're, you know, let's face it. We don't have, we don't remember what life is really like. So we need help or, but it can be anything like that. So just find that makes make it, choose something joyful and then turn over your troubles to it every day is one of the best ways you can go. You go, you know what? I can't handle this. I'm not very big. I can't handle this. This problem is too big for me. I'm going to turn it over to you, higher power, because I think you've got a handle on this. It's fun to record those things that you turn over and re-look at them in a year and realize, oh my God, I don't have those problems anymore. I guess my higher power handled it. And then if you want to get into like goddess worship, you can really go for it with like building altars and, you know, talking to, talking to them, talk to them. There, there are beings who want to help us and, um, listen, talk and then listen and trust. And part of that waking up in the morning and listening to your psychic information is listening to your higher power or your ancestors or your spirit guides, which are all higher powers. Because they're not inside the puny human little body anymore. Stevie, I think you're doing wonderfully. Uh, do these self-care things for yourself. Listen to your higher power. You, you have one. And you will be guided and blessed. Thank you for that question. You can ask pomegranate. You can ask. 
glass pomegranate. She's a priestess. Here's a great way to support me in my efforts. You can go to patreon.com forward slash ask pomegranate. That's all one word. If you want to get behind all the work I'm doing, it would be really helpful. And with that, dear listeners, we come to the end of yet another podcast. One I edited myself. Yay! And I want to thank Stevie and Sarah for their questions. Uh, If you want to follow up on, on the issue of racism and cultural appropriation, I recommend dismantlingracism.org and you go to the white supremacist culture page dismantlingracism.org and go to the white supremacy culture page and that way you'll follow you can get a good follow-up on understanding what exactly creates white supremacy culture that we're all so steeped in and what are the antidotes I'd also like to thank Sage Good. Um, if you are looking for a priestess, a priestess and you want to train or you want to take a class, contact Sage Good at sagegood.com. That's sagegood with an E.com. My darlings, thank you so much. This is so fun. Have yourself a magical day. You can ask pomegranate. You can ask pomegranate, she's a